HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by the Wisconsin Cheese Cupid Pairing app, available on Android and Apple devices. I'm Linda Palaccio, host of A Taste of the Past. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Your love is chloroform perfume. Just one whiff and you start to swim. Now tell me. Welcome to Love Bites, coming at you live from Heritage Radio Network in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm one of your hosts, Jacqueline Raposo. I write about people who make food. You can find my work and me as wordsfoodart.com. I'm 34, straight and single. And I am Ben Rosenblatt, your other host. And I feel like I'm like Bob Euchre over here. Um, I'm an actor, Ben Rosenblatt, that is. Um, I am an actor, writer, musician, and occasional bartender and server. You can check me out at benrosenblattactor.com. I am 33, straight and still single. I was trying to work on like my low like hello welcome to love bites voice and, then you and came i came in, in with like the that. baseball the carnival broadcaster oh, well we can try and then here we are again <laughs> um for our second segment today we are going to be joined by samuel abrahams and tom greaves they are the filmmakers behind offline dating a short film following tom's quest to find a date by just walking up to ladies and asking them to go out on one take some balls yeah it does uh so they'll they'll share the vulnerabilities and triumphs that go into making such a film and for our final segment of the day their top tips on how we can utilize a bit of what they've learned but to start out let's talk about sex baby Baby, let's let's talk talk about about you and me yeah we figure we should ease into this so that we can talk about you know dirtier it started off because we were on the subway and we were like we need to have a show about anal sex and then we started talking and about like, it with <laughs> children around and it was really you, it was really bad you got a little loud it's okay i did not uh, well <laughs> that sounds horrible no but then we were like we haven't even talked about regular sex yet yeah, so. and so maybe before we get to the anal we should you know just Today's like do it missionary day. a little bit first. Today's the day. So especially since we're alone in the studio, there's no live guests it's in just the studio. The two today. of us, Uh-oh. Jacqueline. Uh oh, it's it's gonna get steamy. <laughs> so, sex. Sex. Um, have you had sex recently? Yeah. <laughs> I knew the answer to that question. I was cheating. <laughs> <I've> <laughs> but had... I wanted everyone else to know the answer to that question. I had sex within the last week. How about you? When was the last time you had sex? <sighs> 
been too long. Uh-oh, how long? Longer than a week. Uh-oh, how long? It's been longer than I like to, than I care to admit, unfortunately. It's been, I'm on a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a, I wouldn't call it a dry spell because I feel like I could, if I wanted to, just like go out and have sex. How long has it been then? Stop avoiding the question. <laughs> it's been a few months. A few months. Like how, like... Whoa, that's that's our first sound effect, and I think it was very timely put in. Bravo, Liz in the booth. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Liz. <laughs> Appreciate that um, a wait, lot. Wait, it's like a couple months, like two months, or like I five months? I said a months? few. I said a few. All right, you don't want to be more um, It's been that. since, right. no, it's been since uh, the end of April. We should get a cricket's little sound effect. All right, shut up. Can you, let's... <laughs> Today is the best day. This okay. is the worst day of my life, I think. <laughs> Sorry. All right, but the thing is, okay, so, but let's talk about, all right, so you haven't had sex in a couple of months. Um, how do you feel about sex in your life right now, in general? I like, mean, obviously, I wish there was uh, more of it, or just some of it. Okay. Um, that, yeah, that'd be really nice. Uh, but like I said, you know, I, it's not something that I feel, you know, it's interesting as we talk about dating all the time on this show and as I think about dating all the time in my life, uh, both just generally and as a result of doing this show. Um, and I was thinking as we were, you know, as we had discussed, we were going to talk about sex today. How about how sex has become uh, less of a priority in dating for me yes. than it used to be. I agree. Like I don't like I've had sex a couple times in the past couple of months, and it just doesn't feel as satisfying because I'm not like I really. I'm 34 now. I've had amazing just for the fun of it sex enough of, a lot of it and and great like I just let's have sex. It's wonderful. I you know went on about that on our second episode a little bit, but like now I want. Sex is really good if it's intimate and if it's like and somebody connected and emotionally and connected and somebody that I want to keep on dating. Um, that makes it more more exciting to me than the sex itself. Like I would rather have like awesome intimacy, maybe with a little nakedness, you know, on the side. But like I'd rather have that than just be. Ha- I don't know. I feel like it's easy to have sex and be like, all right, now we're having sex. But like the cuddle time afterward, oh, God, I'm being such a typical girl right now that I'm like, Oh, the cuddle time afterwards. See, like, I don't care that much necessarily about the cuddle time afterwards. It's not actually cuddling. the conversation that the openness you feel after sex where you can just lie around talking. Well, that, and that not only that, but to me that the sex is an extension of an intimate relationship. Yes. To me, sex is very important to, intimacy for me it's an important part of intimacy and i can feel much more intimate with someone obviously when i'm sleeping with them right um but it's not a substitute for you know other forms of intimacy emotional intimacy um and to me the best sex of course is when it's an extension of a deeper emotional intimacy. So are you like really sexually frustrated right now or is it um, or like are you feeling satisfied because you have dated a couple people that you've been you know emotionally interested in so is this, is sex sort of like you said it's not the priority right now um are you sexually frustrated? I would a little bit maybe. Uh, um you know I I'm not a <laughs> all right, well, all right. Well, here's a, here's a point of question because like a couple weeks ago I was texting you about how sexually frustrated I was. Yeah. And that night 
I was no longer sexually frustrated Right, anymore. you just, just went out and got it. That way. it. So the next but day see, I like, texted you. I was like, all right, I forgot that that's so Well, I mean, I think that's probably enough. easier for a girl to maybe say, just like think, go out yeah. and get sex. But again, like... And granted, I also just want to say I did not just go out and get sex. I was out with somebody who I'd had a lot of sex with in, uh, in before in past life. And we in the just past had, life. <laughs> in the past life. <laughs> Back in and the so 1700s. we just sort of reconnected. Um, um, but even that, like, it was the intimacy of being awake together for hours and hours and talking and talking that was more important than having sex but yeah it was a lot it was i forgot how easy it is that if i do want to go out and have sex it's sort of just as easy as being like hey you want to come home with me yeah i mean for me i think again like i i don't i don't feel a need to go out right now and have sex for sex's sake um so while i you know yeah i mean i of course i'm I want sex and I, you know, I get horny and I, all of that. I hate that word horny. Why? I, it's just, it's like the word foodie. I just hate the word horny. It just sounds, Why? it doesn't sound hot to me and it doesn't sound like well, passionate Well, not everything is hot all the time. Like I mean, kinky is okay, but horny, I don't know. Kinky is a different, it's a, a different, different thing. I know, but like the sound of the words, like so horny what were you, and kinky. So what word would you use in place of horny? Um, I, <laughs> I don't know. I use, I forget what movie this is from that I pulled this from it forever ago, but like, I'd say like. Oh, I don't even want to say it. It's so say silly. It. Like, oh, like, oh, that guy makes me like tingly in my pink parts. <laughs> <laughs> you just got busted got with the sound effect. Now. I feel like we're a morning show right now it's that we're going to say things and it's going to be like. I'm sorry, but horny is better to me than tingly in my pink parts. Well, I don't. I don't it's not like I. Well, I. Parts. <laughs> so, Men sort of have pink parts. Well, I mean, okay. anyway. Anyway, um, now I've completely forgot what we were talking about. Well, we were, um, oh yeah, like you, you're still you're still horny, but you're not okay, rushing to y- have. Sex. Yeah, and I mean, like to me, it's it's not. You know, is I this, don't know. Is I, it because we're getting older and I we just want so. something I, more serious? I know. I do. That it makes me feel either so old or so lame or yeah. so something. But like, yeah, I just it's not it's not a priority for me, and it's not like I don't. It's it. It also doesn't. I don't need it anymore as some sort of like affirmation of my manhood or right. of my virility or of my anything like that of my ego maybe like I used to when I was in my 20s and like it was more important for me to be going out and like getting laid yeah. you know like I just don't have that need anymore the way that I used to when I was younger the need now is for something more fulfilling and I don't necessarily get that from just like going and having sex with either someone random or, you know, even an old flame or whatever. It's just like, it's, and and then I oftentimes, sometimes will feel like negative feelings after I've had meaningless sex that I don't like to deal with. And so I would rather just avoid that and wait until I find something where it's going to feel nice afterward. Right. I mean, I believe that anybody can have whatever kind of sex they want. If you want meaningless sex, like have meaningless totally, sex. And there have course. been periods like, so I dated somebody till I was 28 years old and then I had a lot of catching up to do. And so I had all different types of sex for different reasons. And I remember after a really bad breakup a couple of years ago, I was having a lot of meaningless sex to the point that like, as soon as we, st- I would start having sex with a guy, I'd already be disinterested. The point was more about like needing to feel because I'd been so heartbroken that I needed feel to feel wanted or, and desired, yeah. and the comfort physically of a man because most of the guys dated like I'm short or a lot taller than me, like, and so that like even the sex was not like the fulfilling part for me. The experience was now. It's like I really just want I don't know I just really want somebody that I want to keep on having sex with and so if yeah I, the need to have someone want me or the need to it's, like yeah it's not as important anymore right we know that we're <laughs> needable and desirable and that we could yeah I mean we're yeah we're awesome look at you um, mm-hmm. yeah you. Um, yeah agreed 
Agreed. I think, yeah, I think that's a short, I think that's all we need to say about that. Granted, if there's anybody out there that wants to have sex with either of us, though, we're not like completely taking it off the table. So if you go to our website, lovebitesradio.com, and you leave a comment, or you tweet at us at Loves Bites Radio, or you go to Facebook, like, you know, we're not, we're not putting up a, an iron Just wall. Just send Jacqueline a picture of your penis. No, I've never and... gotten a penis pic. I've never gotten a dick pic, and I would like She'll to scroll keep that. Them. I would like to keep that on trend or on point or whatever. Um, so yeah, all right. Um, so we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to welcome Tom Greaves and Samuel Abrams to the show. And until then, listen to a little bit from our sponsor, the Wisconsin Cheese Cupid app, and some smooth tunes. Listening to this show, you've probably used Tinder, you've probably used OkCupid, and maybe you're bored of these human dating apps. Want to play matchmaker with some more interesting couples? Food couples? Say, drinks and cheese? Well, you can now with the Wisconsin Cheese Cupid app. What beverage complements your cheese? What cheese complements your beverage? Wisconsin Cheese Cupid has the answer. Just choose beverage or cheese in need of a soulmate, and Wisconsin Cheese Cupid will do the rest. Feeling a bit adventurous? Pairing Roulette will create a random yet perfectly delicious pairing for you. So if you're sick of swiping left and right, put aside the dating struggles and make a match that'll satisfy even the loneliest of the lonely. Go to CheeseCupid.com or find Cheese Cupid in the App Store. Happy matchmaking. I'm Alice Marcus Creek. And I'm Carmen DeVito. And we're the ladies of We, we Dig, Dig Plants. Plants. <laughs> and today we're asking you to dig deep into your pockets and help us grow this radio station and our podcast and everything that you know and love about us. How do you do it? You go to the heritageradionetwork.org website. You will see a beating heart. It's on every page. And you can give a dollar. You can give $5. You can give whatever $500. You, $500, $5,000. Just click on the heart, donate, and help support the radio that you love.
Last weekend, my single friend Tom challenged himself to find his next date offline. Thus begins Samuel Abraham's short film, Offline Dating, which follows Tom as he walks through parks and on the city streets asking women out. They're sitting in parks, shopping with friends, ordering food. He asks them if they're single and want to go out on a date with him, and then he just waits for a response. <laughs> He's met with incredulity, skepticism, violence, disgust, and occasionally curiosity and an openness to at least talk about it. You can find offline dating on Vimeo, YouTube, Facebook, the whole shebang. You can find Samuel Abrahams on Vimeo.com slash Samuel Abrahams and on Twitter as Samuel underscore Abrahams and Tom Greaves on Twitter as Mr. Tom Greaves. Welcome to the show, Samuel and Tom. Hello, right. can you guys hear okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure you can hear They live. Me. They live all the way from across the pond. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. So to start off, uh, Samuel, in a recent interview, you said, the thing I'm most interested in is people and our relationships with each other. What specifically about dating fascinated you so much that you wanted to make this into a film? Well, I'd already been working with a few ideas um, that explored the theme of how our relationship with technology is possibly changing our relationship with each other. And then one night sat with some guy mates, including Tom. Uh, I noticed everyone was on Tinder, and it struck me that dating was a very universal thing that a lot of people could relate to, and it would uh, provide me with a great into a story about how potentially the way in which we are interacting with each other is evolving. Very cool. And so now Tom... What made you yeah. volunteer to be the guinea pig in this whole uh, brainchild of Samuel's here? Uh, well, he, he Sam made me do it, basically. <laughs> he made he, you do how it. How did he force you? <laughs> he, well, we were, <laughs> he didn't force me, um, but um, we, were, yeah, we were living together, and um, I broke up with my girlfriend uh, in March. And he basically, we were kind of downloading, well, my flatmates were showing me kind of happen in Tinder. And I kind of missed all that, all that buzz um, whilst being in a relationship. So I was kind of quite new to it. Um, and actually, I had some problem downloading one of them. Anyway, Samuel, uh, I think it was like the next day or whatever, came, had this idea and basically challenged me to do it. Um, and we filmed it that weekend. Samuel, were you uh, single at the time as well? Or were you in a relationship? No, in a relationship, and um, I haven't been single many times in my life, so I kind of find it an interesting thing to chat about with mates. I guess like living it slightly vicariously through Tom. As a filmmaker does. Love that. is just so easy for you, isn't it? <laughs> uh, so, Tom, what... What's that, sorry? I was just remarking how love must just be so come so naturally to you, huh? You've never been single. Uh, it comes naturally to, to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Tom, what insecurities... Well, Sam was a great wingman. I mean, I have to say, you know, I can't take full credit for any success, the little success that I did have. Well, how did that work when you guys were, were going through this? Like, what insecurities did you have and how, uh, how into it were you, Samuel, as far as helping your buddy out as he was crashing and burning uh, in the beginning? <laughs> Well, part of the idea was that I would sort of observe him crashing and burning. So I didn't want to kind of get too involved at those, <laughs> those points. But I think, it, you know, we, we talked a lot about the, the, the kind of story beats, what the kind of main action that I knew we needed to see in order to tell a, 
dramatically satisfying story. And, you know, so there were lots of kind of incidents that I know, oh, we want to try and get ourselves in this kind of space or, um, you know, strike up a conversation about this topic or what have you with these types of people. Um, and then it would just be kind of nudging things in certain directions and, and then kind of letting it happen and, um, you know, letting, letting Tom kind of, um, you know, guide it. So, Tom, as you were going along, did you actually feel like you learned as you went what techniques or tactics worked better with women? Or were you actually just really kind of flying by the – were you really flying by the seat of your pants there? Or were you kind of actually trying to get some rejections at the beginning? Um, well, I think – I mean, I guess it was intentionally subversive in kind of breaking the social norm of, us, you know, not asking as direct as that, you know, it's not it's not normal. So, I guess in doing that, I expected uh, a kind of a mixture of responses. Um, I mean, it still hurt a little bit every time they said no. Obviously, of course. Um, but so it either kind of went, it either went well, I guess. A few times it did because I think someone was like, okay, someone brave enough to be that direct or foolish enough, you know, quite endearing, or it was met with a kind of like. You know, uh, yeah, you kind of you're a bit of a, a freak, or I'm <laughs> I find this is a bit weird. Um, and I guess having Sam, there, I mean, Sam would always sometimes be, you know, quite far away, and then kind of come in with the camera later, or sometimes he'd be right there. So I guess seeing the camera, I don't know how that would influence one's response, but um, I guess it was quite, uh, you know, quite full on initially. But I. Um, yeah, I guess I just tried to be as, as polite, even though I was being very upfront. Yeah. And I did, I mean, I did, I did learn that you can't, I think if you're that direct, if you literally ask, do you want to go on a drink? Do you want to go for a date? It's quite, um, I mean, to answer that, it's quite tricky. So, um, actually, I found that asking, how would you feel if I asked you on a date meant that there, I guess, um, that person would have to kind of articulate a response and, and actually kind of think about it a little bit more than just saying yes or no. That sort of brings up a good point. When I was seeing what other people were saying about your film, there were a couple posts, especially from women, about how this plays into the idea that men feel like it's okay just to invade a woman's space no matter where they are. And this happens on you know, the subway and the tube, and it happens in parks. And some women, it did seem from what we can yeah. see in the film, you were just walking up to them when they were reading or eating or on their phone, and you asked them that question. That's honestly not the first, uh, that's not the first reaction I got from it, but I could see why people would yeah. play into that. And that, I think, is why people go to the safety of online dating. So how do you guys feel about, you know, the, about that idea that you were invading somebody's space? And Tom, if you want to go first, and then Samuel, if you want to jump in after. Um, I, I think I think it's kind of how it's done. Um, obviously, you are invading someone's space, and you, I think you need to appreciate that if you are going to do, you know, you, 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 if you are going to take that, you know, do that, you've got to do it in the right way and appreciate the fact that they might not want to speak to you. So I think as long as that you bear that in mind, um, and you know, don't, you know, I mean, I really, when someone said no, I didn't didn't take up too much of their time. Um, uh, yeah, I think I think it's how it's done. I mean, I can I, I mean the logical conclusion 
could be that you know this this film means that yeah every guy should just go up and approach every single woman that they find attractive um regardless of you know any kind of social um you know any kind of respect or but i mean that's just i mean it's it, every time i did approach someone it would always be quite it would be very hard and you know you if you if you look at someone you find them attractive it's it's very difficult to, to kind of ask, to come to go up and ask that and obviously it gets easier but every time there is you know you're dealing with a real connection and it's not you can't just charge in and be like oh you know and say well, it's there is you are dealing with a connection there so maybe that's it. Maybe you just need to kind of to try and connect um, and don't do it forcibly. And what about you, Samuel? Yeah, I mean, I, I would kind of just, yeah, I'd just follow up and say that um, it was always very important during film, filming that Tom was, was you know, respectful and, and never forceful or, or in any way threatening. And that was the intention uh, before filming, that's what we you know did whilst filming, and I think that's what we've ended up with as a film. And for me, the film was never uh, a kind of how to pick pick up a girl kind of thing. It's not like the game. It, it's more about uh, incongruity of approaching people in real life now in this modern digital world that we live in. That's the the thing we wanted to show. We've talked a lot about that idea on this show about offline versus online dating. That's obviously how we found out about you guys a couple weeks ago when we were researching that. Yeah. How does this play to you, um, even more specifically with the bigger picture of the fact that a lot of people, I don't know about where you guys live, but I feel like a lot of people here in New York, they don't know how to just interact anymore. They don't know how to ask and answer questions, how to be sociable. And I think it's a problem even greater for the younger for the generation after us who sort of grew up with cell phones um how did that sort of with the people that you guys were meeting how did you see did you see that shifting with different types of people different age groups of women like how did you see the greater picture of how we live and date on our phones versus meeting people in real life like how did that how did what was the spectrum that you guys saw what was it what sorry um i, I Oh, go on, Tom. You go first. I mean, well, I was just going to say, I think maybe maybe there's two different problems. Maybe maybe there's always been um, a trust issue with with strangers, um, uh, which is might be a separate problem to the phone thing, where you know, kind of people are addicted to that, to having that phone, and it's like a real crutch of you know, all your communication um, is via the phone. I think maybe people have always found, you know, someone you don't know, it's always kind of weird to to speak to them. Um, I think that the the phone, the, you know, having a, a smartphone definitely feeds into that. But, um, yeah, I think there's it's kind of trusting people, really. That's I mean, it's it's obviously understandable that you, you don't trust everyone you, that you don't know. But um, I think, you know, the world will be a better place if we if we were able to trust each other and not fear fear each other as much. Amen. Yeah, and I... <clears throat> sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, well, just that I think... That, uh, I'm just kind of thinking on what you were saying before. Um, I'm just reading this book now called uh, Reclaiming Conversation by Sherry Turkle, I think her name is. Um, and she's arguing this same point that now you know millennials prefer texts to actual face-to-face -face conversation because they fear the spontaneity of real conversation 
they prefer to have the ability to edit any reply to something that's said to them um, because they, I guess, fear you know, a lack of control. Um, but the sad thing is, uh, you know, the art of conversation is where a lot of good ideas come from. If you have that, if you're able to kind of uh, spontaneously discuss a topic or whatever, you kind of arrive somewhere new that you hadn't uh, considered before. So uh, I do think it's a really sad thing if that's the way we're headed and that it's you know, not expected to uh, interact with people face-to-face anymore. A lot of friends you know, maintain their relationships with each other over Facebook. But, and the same with, you know, fam- fam- uh, family too. Um, not kind of really checking in with people because we think we know what everyone's up to because we see, you know, family pictures or whatever from their latest holiday. So we don't actually, you know, pick up the phone and talk to them about, you know, their stories or, or what have you. So... I do think it's really sad, and I also just to finish up. I, I I think the idea of living in a world where strangers are forbidden from initiating interaction with each other is a pretty sad and boring place to me. Agreed. So I think we should all embrace. Yeah, we should all sort of um, you know, engage in, in more interaction with each other. Just stop and say hello and chat, and you know, be kind of open to other people. See what it kind of takes you. I would love that. You don't get much of that here in New York City, I'll tell you. Um, I do want to just change, yeah, the su- change the subject really quickly. You mentioned before um, about the camera coming in and people noticing the camera, and I'm curious as to how what effect that had on the people who you spoke with when they saw the camera or at what point they typically knew they were being filmed and if they any ever had any response to how they reacted once they knew that it was being filmed and going to yeah. be part of a movie. Sam, if you want to maybe take that one. Yeah. Okay, well, it, uh, it was never intended to be a hidden camera shoot. It's much more, the camera's much more kind of immersive and observational. So I'm very much like a part of the scene with Tom for the people we're filming with. Like, for the most part, we... You know, people saw us together, and that kind of made people feel safer and, oh, right, okay, this is the thing. These guys are doing some kind of social experiment, and therefore I can kind of get on board with it and, you know, either reject him or, you know, talk, you know, have a conversation or whatever. Um, So I think just in, in the way that having a wingman can help you that the, the camera and, and my involvement in it, you know, whether it was me introducing myself to him before we filmed or just, you know, Tom going in cold and me following him. <clears throat> I think it, it helped a lot. Uh, it kind of made people feel a bit more kind of comfortable with what was going on. Um, and yeah, so yeah. And, and so then, Towards the end, there's a nice little intimate moment uh, that was captured on camera, which is beautiful. Right. And uh, I'm curious as to, Tom, if you want to jump in on this, like, how did that moment come to happen with the camera being there? And also then after you answer that, if you also want to answer like, what happened with uh, that young lady? Yeah, 
since then? Um, well, we, you know, it was right at the end of uh, the shoot, the end of the weekend, and we were actually about to jump on a bus, and Sam was like, oh, let's try the local kind of news agent, the kind of, um, you know, 7-Eleven type thing. And so I went in and, and met Nikki, and she, well, she kind of, what you see in the film is what happened. She, like, turned the situation on us and was like, well, and I said, do you want to, you know, I'm trying to meet someone. She was like, well, do you want to come for a barbecue? So we went over um, with Sam and the crew, and we had this amazing evening with this Italian girl and all her friends. Um, and actually, you know, weirdly, her her housemate was a DOP, a cinematographer, and he had these lights. So he then lit, you know, the garden. Um, and we had this, like, brilliant evening. And we were there till, like, one, two in the morning. Um, at which point, um, yeah, it was kind of like, what's going to happen? Um, and you know, we were quite like, <laughs> a, you know, a little a bit, bit of trivia is point. that one final shot. Uh, sorry, a little bit of trivia is that one final shot. I didn't actually pick up the camera for it. Uh, it was the guy, the flatmate of uh, Mickey, who Tom kisses at the end, and he he was like, "Let me go pick up the camera because I think they're going to go kick." Very cool. Uh, and I was a bit too embarrassed about the whole thing. Very cool. Awesome. So, uh, do you still talk to Nikki at all, Tom? Yeah, you know, we yeah we are. We're still in touch. We um, I guess we saw we we're not. Uh, yeah, it kind of didn't go the the whole way, but we're still in touch. We see each other occasionally. Um, she, I actually almost went travelling to the other side of the world with her. For we almost went travelling together, but I got an acting job, so I had to stay in the UK. But. Um, She's amazing. She's very spontaneous. She kind of goes to, you know, traveling to Africa on her own, to, you know, the Middle East, everywhere. And she's um, kind of very adventurous, quite spontaneous person, which is, I think, which is why she was so open in that moment to to kind of whatever, to kind of go with the flow and was, um, yeah, so kind of bumped into the right person at the right time. Tom, has this changed your dating game since then? I think I saw on Twitter that a lady left you her her number on a bar nappian because she had seen the the, the film. Like, are, is it easy for you now to get women to say yes? <laughs> well, it was quite like it was kind of like a crash course in um, in you know picking you know I guess approaching people and asking them on a date. You know, very intensive, high pressure situation. Um, but I guess it's it's for me. I mean, that is it's I kind of whether getting rejected is, and sometimes sometimes you really don't feel like you can handle rejection, and sometimes you can. I mean, being an actor, I get rejected all the time, and every audition is like going on a little mini date, and sometimes you never hear back. So I'm kind of used to that anyway. Um, but I don't I don't go online. I haven't been online ever, um, and I don't intend to. Um, I guess I also understand now. I think things take time, you know, to get... I mean, you can have an immediate connection with someone, like I did with Mickey in the film, but I think if things are kind of going to really develop, um, yeah, they take a bit of time for people to kind of open up. Um, yeah, that's. I guess that's what I've... Well, before we let you guys go, um, like I said, we've talked a lot about dating offline on the show. Ben is currently still on dating websites. I canceled mine a couple weeks ago, and then I went back on when I was bored, yeah. and then I went back off. And yeah, it's not, it's not, it can be not a very fun world, but we've been sort of trying to figure out how one dates offline, and we've asked a lot of our guests this, and we've come up with things like 
just smile at people and make eye contact and just holding eye contact is a big thing and just owning flirting with people or assuming that everything is flirting was a big thing we learned from one of our guests you know just always assume if you think somebody's flirting with you assume that they are things like that so as somebody who's in a relationship and somebody who is single what did you guys learn from making this film that also women could apply as far as if you see somebody you are interested in, what are like one of your top one or two tips for how they can actually make an in-person connection, especially considering what you guys have talked about as far as how people are afraid for spontaneous interactions. So Tom, why don't you start off first? Like what have you learned about how we can approach Um, the opposite sex? uh, Well, I'm not an expert, but uh, I would say, I think if you're, if you're kind of, it's like a kind of like fine line between being confident and then, but also not being cocky. So, uh, and also kind of, I think being appreciative of the fact that, uh, I don't know, that I guess they might say no. I mean, I guess kind of some people might say like, go in and like, you know, know that it's going to happen and that kind of confidence will, you know, you know, will win them over. But I don't know. I think, I think you kind of, I think if you can be honest in that, in that uh, kind of in that gap between you and them, uh, and, and, and I think you've got to allow a connection to happen. You can't just kind of like bowl your way in there. I think um, you've got to kind of be receptive as well as yeah. I mean, I'm kind of over. I don't know. I'm trying to cut my finger on it, but I think it's yeah. It's something between the you know. It's somewhere between being confident and then also being honest. Um, yeah. And Sam, as an observer, what would you say? Uh, I would say when approaching someone, find a good in. So start up a good kind of natural, um, fun, relevant conversation to your situation. So not like a stock chat up line. Um, and then listen to their response and, and use that to build a conversation. Since I have three gentlemen in the it's room, you, yes, it's how how would you yeah. want, and I've asked this of Ben before, how would you want a lady to approach you if she was the one instigating? Well, for me, um, what I, I just said, that, that they, that they uh, uh, approach uh, finding a good kind of funny take on you know, our, our social, where we are, what we're doing, or whatever, you know, if it's like a, if we're in a gig, like some kind of comment on the music or whatever it is, just find a good kind of natural way to start a conversation and to listen to what I have to say and you know, have a good chat. That would be for me. And Tom? Um, write, write their number on a bit of paper and slide it across the bar. Um, no, I don't know. I mean, oh, no, no, I think that's yeah, good. I, think I like ori- that. I think, orig- I think originality is always good. I think, I think not, not that you put that in kind of like a, a kind of cheesy one-liner, but, um, yeah, I think an original, uh, something original, I think would be quite, you know, is a sexy thing. All right, I'm going to think about something original to put on a napkin with my number to slide down the bar and see if that works. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, We really appreciate it. You uh, listeners can check them out at vimeo.com slash Samuel Abrams. Uh, You can find them on our website, lovebitesradio.com. You can check them out on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, Thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it.
Hey, you're welcome. Thank Thanks. For, yeah, it's been, it's been nice talking to you. Take it easy, guys. And that is our show for today. Uh, come back next week when we have Aaron Fairbanks, Radio Heritage's own Aaron Fairbanks, talking about staying in relationships a little bit too long. She's going to share a wild and crazy story about a very long relationship that sounds too crazy to be true. <laughs> it is crazy. It's crazy. You're going to definitely want to yeah. tune in for that. Yeah, come back for that. So thank you for that. Um, Please come and visit us at lovebitesradio.com. And don't forget to subscribe and review our podcast on iTunes. Hit us up on Twitter and Facebook as Love Bites Radio. And if you want to donate to Love Bites, to Heritage Radio Network, you can go to heritageradionetwork.org. Click on the little beating heart. Throw Love Bites Radio in your comments so that they know that we've sent you their way. And we'd really appreciate that. Uh, until next time, our engineer was the amazing Liz Smith with all of those little sound effects this week. Thanks so much, Liz. We need a way to get Liz back somehow. I, I like know. I don't know. Like she's like can make fun of us, but we can't. I get know her. we can't. Make, we have to. We have to do we'll some more snooping out. into her personal life. Um, our sponsor was again that awesome Wisconsin Cupid uh, Cheese Cupid app that I can never say the first time. I'm sorry. Uh, the Wisconsin Cheese Cupid app, and our theme song is Chloroform Perfume by No Denial. We are Jacqueline Raposo and Ben Rosenblatt, and we'll be back at the same time next week here at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Later. Just one whiff, and you start to swim. Now tell me how I'm supposed to feel this whole Since you left me alone I've got to hold to heal Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.